2: Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.
3: Xfinity has free
2: could just
4: being me. Amy Winehouse, back to black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson, rated R. Under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters, May 17th.
1: Hello, and welcome to Saver Production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren
0: Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about macadamia nuts.
1: in Hawaii and Hawaii, a hey, Hawaii. <laughs> adjacent food. <laughs> yes. Uh what they gave us on the plane as sort of a welcome gift and also when we left, right? Uh yes, both
0: both to and from Oahu we received a little a little single serving chocolate covered macadamia nut package. Um, yeah. <laughs> which I don't know, it was it was Especially, I was like, oh, how sweet. I love food, so thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later, one of our interviewees was like, that whole, like, Hawaii equals macadamia nuts thing is so false. And I was like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think someone said it was dated. Yeah. Oh. Well. Uh,
0: <laughs> but it was a delicious candy. <laughs>
1: it was, even though it was, I opened it very excitedly, and it was, like, two in there.
0: <laughs> oh. One or two. <laughs> yeah.
1: I didn't know. I don't have much experience with macadamia nuts. Oh, No. No, but I did read a 95-page paper on them for this episode, although it was more like 70 pages because there was a lot of references and pictures. Okay, all right. Um, it was about as dry as you can imagine. <laughs> which which paper was it? It was a kind of a—it was written in the 80s, I think, and it was more about— there was some history in there, but it was mostly about how to grow them and diseases that you have to look out for and just, like, growing them in every country you can imagine. Okay. And, uh, cool. It was cool. I, you know, I'm very—I was very happy to yeah. find it.
0: Yeah, no, I get so excited when I realize that a paper that I've just found is reproduced in full without yes. a paywall on the interwebs. It's a beautiful Uh, thing. there's ways to get around those paywalls. We're we're subscribed to a number of academic journals and stuff like that. But, Mm -hmm. oh, man, not having to dig for passwords and...
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't even know where the passwords (laughs) are anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, okay, let's get to our question. Sure. Macadamia nuts. What are they?
0: Well, macadamia nuts... Are not true nuts. They're ah, seeds. F- Foiled again. <laughs> uh, do, do you want to know what some examples of true nuts are?
1: I do because at this point I'm not sure they exist.
0: <laughs> All right, true nuts are are things like acorns and chestnuts that are um that are fused or at least partially fused to their shells.
1: I'm not My sure brain is going through Rolodex. So how like. much
0: that clarifies. But but at any rate, we'll have to do, like, chestnuts in the future.
1: Yes. Ooh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Or acorns. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, macadamia nuts. Yes. They uh, they grow—I'm just going to call them nuts for this episode anyway. Yeah. It's common parlance. Um, They grow on trees in the genus macadamia. Makes sense. It does. Um, Two species of which produce seeds that are particularly tasty and edible. Um, Important. Mm -hmm. The trees have glossy evergreen leaves and uh, grow these big oblong spikes of of little white flowers. And the flowers have these really long stamens like tassels. Huh. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, um, the flowers, if pollinated by bees or humans, uh, will develop into clusters of nuts. Each has a, a leathery green husk. Um, technically, this is the tree's fruit, um, which will split open as the nut starts reaching maturity, uh, revealing a hard shell that encases the edible creamy white seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole husk will drop off the tree when that seed is mature. Husks are removed and the uh, the, the nuts are typically dried whole, uh, shell intact for later processing. The shell is up to 75% of the weight of a macadamia, which is why One of the reasons why they're so much more expensive, uh, shelled than unshelled. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, And these trees drop nuts, like, for three quarters of the year straight. Um, In Hawaii, it's uh, July through March. And they can be harvested by hand. Um, They're usually harvested by hand. They can also be harvested by machine, but um, it's a little bit – you you get less of a a yield due to breakage and stuff like that.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. What about the nutrition?
0: Uh, Macadamia nuts – like many nuts, are a relatively high-calorie food. Um, They're comprised mostly of fats. Lots of good fats in there, though. Um, Punches of fiber and protein and a smattering of vitamins and minerals, lots of manganese and uh, thiamine specifically. Mm -hmm. A small amount of macadamia nuts will fill you up and keep you going, Um, though nuts are kind of easy to over-snack on, so watch your portion sizes. Or chop them up and add them to uh, sweet or savory dishes for a little crunchy kick of those nutrients. Mm Mm-hmm. Research in the early 2000s indicated that switching out less healthy snacks um, and toppings with macadamias can help people reduce their bad LDL cholesterol levels. Um, though, just grain of salt, uh, the studies were supported by Hershey, which at the time owned Mount Loa Macadamia Nut Processing Confectionery, etc. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so As- yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was bad research, just something to keep in mind.
1: Absolutely. When it comes to numbers, speaking of things to keep in mind, uh, at one time, 90% of the world's macadamia nuts came from Hawaii. I actually got really confused because a lot of people, there were a lot of articles where people were claiming, this country makes the most, this country makes the most. (sighs) (laughs) At one time, 90% came from Hawaii. Due to pests and weather, Hawaiian macadamia nut production dropped to a 26 year low in 2008. The price of harvesting them was so high, farmers let the nuts drop and rot. Oh, yeah. Demand has led other countries to start growing macadamia nuts as well New Zealand, Mexico, Guatemala, Brazil, Costa Rica, South Africa, Israel, Kenya, Zimbabwe, and the US with other parts of the US, mainland US with California and Florida producing the most outside of Hawaii. Australia produces an annual 40,000 metric tons of in-shell nuts, and globally 100,000 metric tons are produced. Hawaii's Mauna Loa Macadamia Nut Corps is the world's largest manufacturer of macadamia nuts today, with 10,000 acres planted on volcanic soil. The most expensive hybrid is New Zealand's Beaumont, which doesn't drop its macadamias, making them costly to harvest. Ah. Mm -hmm. The Australian macadamia nut industry generates $100 million a year, And prices do fluctuate,
0: but they are generally more expensive than other nuts, and demand is outpacing supply right now, which contributes to that expense. Um, Health food trends emphasizing good fat diets in China and the U.S. are partially driving this. On the plus side, in Australia at least, industry experts say that the higher costs to consumers are going to the farmers. So that's cool.
1: Yeah, Yeah, totally.
0: A mature macadamia tree will grow about 50 pounds of nuts per year.
1: And there are all kinds of uses, covered in chocolate, Mm -hmm. one, uh, in cookies, macadamia oil. They're typically sold shelled, roasted, and salted.
0: When pressed for their oil, um, for use in personal care products or foods, um, the leftover solids are often used for animal feed.
1: And the shells are used in things like mulch or as a wood substitute in coffee roasting.
0: That's particularly useful, by the way, because uh, macadamias and coffee like just about the same environmental conditions, so they can be grown Kind of next to one another. Mm -hmm. Um, The shells are also sometimes used as a fuel source in the machines used for macadamia nut harvesting. What? Cannibalism. It's like the Kit Kat.
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) if you don't know what I mean, you'll find our Kit Kat
0: episode. (laughs) (laughs) um, The shells are also sometimes used as a substitute. Um, They're ground up and used as a substitute for the sand in sandblasting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. lots of things going for it. Mm-hmm. The trees are sometimes grown for ornamental purposes, and captive hyacinth macaws frequently get fed macadamia nuts, since they are one of the few creatures that can crack them. But they are toxic to dogs. Don't give them to dogs, no. Nope. Nope. Um, yeah, macadamia shells
0: are strong, like up to five times as strong as other nuts their size and, like, shell thickness.
1: So. One tough nut. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> but what I don't apologize for is the history we're about to share. Yes, but first, we're going to
0: share a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
1: This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies.
4: Inspired by guaranteed, straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at hypergig for details.
2: it just
4: be me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th.
1: We're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Since modernly, um, until recent modern times, the majority of our macadamia nuts, at least in the U.S. specifically, have come from Hawaii, and they're a big souvenir-slash-welcome gift thing from mm-hmm. Hawaii. It would be a sound, logical leap to think they originated from Hawaii. But alas, <laughs> the macadamia nut did not originate in Hawaii. Nope, they originated in Australia, northeastern Australia, to be exact, probably millions of years ago.
0: Uh, yeah, like like late Cretaceous, what up.
1: Damn. hmm <laughs> Recent research suggests that most or all or all of Hawaii's macadamia nuts came from a small crop of trees or maybe just one tree in Queensland, Australia. That's how small the gene pool is, which is a risk when it comes to disease and things like that. Australia has a bit more diversity when it comes to their trees. Seventy percent of macadamia nuts are believed to come from a single tree in Australia. Who? yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, and that's because graphs from that single tree and then its daughter trees were used to propagate these huge populations. Um, th- this is the original method of cloning before we had, you know, like Dolly the sheep and all that stuff.
1: Oh, I haven't thought about Dolly the sheep in a long time. That's a throwback. She's always right there. With She's me. always, <laughs> always waiting for the right <laughs> opportunity to be mentioned. And it's the Macadamia Nut <laughs> Podcast, obviously. <laughs>
0: I might be. I might have sheep on the brain. Another thing, aside from coffee, that was recommended to uh, to farm alongside your macadamia tree crop um, was sheep to help like clear the ground cover and stuff.
1: Oh, this is. I've never played those games where you like build a little settlement <laughs> for yourself, but I feel like this. These are the the blocks. You're like, I yeah. need the sheep. I need for the this sheep. For the, I, yeah. Is that settlers of Catan. Are there sheep involved?
0: There are. There are sheep involved in settlers. Well, there are fields with sheep in them, but everyone just refers to them as sheep.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, I need to replay that. Next game night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Australian Aborigines snacked on macadamia nuts, which they called kindle, boombera, jindle, and bapal. During the winter months. They were a delicacy at the time, and because of that, they were used as ceremonial gifts between tribes and traded between tribes. Women would collect the nuts in bags, take them back to their feasting grounds, and crack them using a technique involving a flat stone with an indent placed where you would put the nut. Okay. Yeah, and then another stone used to deliver a blow that would force it open. Ah. Yeah. They were eaten raw or roasted. Bitter spices of the nut were ground up into a paste and then washed with cold water before it consumed. They used the oil for face and body paint.
0: And, yeah, uh, macadamia seem to have been a foraged food rather than a cultivated food.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a legend about the origin of one of the names of the macadamia nut from a retelling from the senior elder of the Buchella tribe of Fraser Island, Olga Miller. And we're going to condense it a bit, mm-hmm. um, but here we go. A long time ago, in the dream time, when the messenger god left the mountain, Bapal agreed to watch the mountain. It was a long journey, and unbeknownst to Bapal, his friend, the jewel lizard, had hitched a ride with him. When Bapal arrived to the mountain, the lizard jumped out to Bapal's surprise. He asked the lizard, Why have you come? And the lizard responded, I didn't want you to be alone. Oh Yeah. One day, when Bapal was walking, he tripped and hurt his foot, away from food and water. The jewel lizard asked the rock wallaby... What do I do? And they decided, (laughs) we've got to get him some water. However, they found they couldn't reach the water, so the rock wallaby found a kangaroo to help. They gave the water to Bapal. Then they decided to get him food with the help of the cockatoo. The cockatoo collected seeds and spread them all over the mountain so Bapal would have food. And yes... Macadamia trees or Aww. macadamia seeds. Then the jewel lizard in Rock Wallaby asked the cockatoo to help them gather leaves for a fire. The cockatoo collected leaves from the macadamia trees, and they started a fire. People on the island saw the smoke and sent help for Bapal. Once rescued, the people named the nuts Bapal's nuts, and the lizard was called Bapal's lizard and the mountain Bapal's mountain. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. lovely. Mm-hmm. Friendship of working together. Yeah. Yeah. British colonists discovered the macadamia nut in 1857 in Queensland, Australia, although Alan Cunningham sometimes gets credit for finding them before that in 1828, and German explorer or German army deserter, depending on the source, Ludwig Leichhardt, recorded one in 1843 and delivered a sample to Melbourne, which is still on display at the National Herbarium. Whatever the case, the director of the botany gardens in Brisbane, Walter Hill, found one, used a vise to open it, and planted the seed. Okay. Allegedly, that tree is still producing macadamia nuts, the first known cultivated macadamia tree dated back to 1858.
0: Yeah, it's still alive and producing. That's wild. It is. Huh.
1: It's amazing. At the time, Walter Hill's travel buddy was the so-called father of Australian botany, and then the royal botanist in Melbourne, Baron Ferdinand von Mueller. According to legend, he named the tree after a friend of his, John McAdam. Unfortunately, McAdam, who was a physician and a member of the Philosophical Institute of Victoria, died unexpectedly on his way to New Zealand before he could try the nut bearing his name, Um, the seed, I guess. By the way, he was on his way to provide his chemical expertise in a murder trial involving poison. Ooh. Past intrigue. Yes. <laughs> also, according to legend, Walter Hill observed a boy eating the nut with no ill effects in 1858 and believed it to be the first case of a non indigenous person eating one. Was he like testing to see if it was poison on this innocent child? Was he or? like,
0: hey, urchin? You try this.
1: <laughs> Don't you want to try this new thing? <laughs> Some stories say it was a young associate okay. that Hill asked to help him crack them. And <laughs> Hill himself believed that they were poisonous, but the associate didn't know that and ate them before he could say anything. Oh. And he claimed that they were delicious. And Hill was like, okay, I guess okay, that's
0: fine. Okay, you're not dead, so that's great.
1: <laughs> huh, all right. Well. Yes, In the 1860s, the aboriginal elder of the Logan River clan, King Jackie, directed his tribe to collect and trade macadamia nuts with traders. The first known orchard in Australia was planted in 1890 with 250 trees. From there, the hybrids were grown from seas and grafting was frequently employed. These grafting techniques and the invention of mechanized processing allowed for the commercial production of macadamia nuts for the very first time. The dude behind those grafting techniques... Norm Gerber is frequently referred to as the father of Australia's macadamia nut industry. Australian botanist Joseph Maiden wrote in 1889, It is well worth extensive cultivation, for the nuts are always eagerly bought. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Stepping back a bit to 1881, William Purvis planted the first macadamia tree on Hawaii's Big Island. About a decade later, R.A. Jordan planted some macadamia trees on Oahu, the trees that researchers think is the ancestor of most of Hawaii's trees. And the nut quickly became a popular snack among businessmen who came to Hawaii to profit off sugar plantations.
0: Also allegedly, one of his first trees still produces nuts. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, these two trees were of the same species, macadamia integrifolia.
1: In 1910, to supplement the coffee on Hawaii's Kona Coast, the Hawaiian Agricultural Experiment Station, the HAES, recommended growing macadamia trees in the area. The HAES was established to develop new crops for the state. Hawaii Macadamia Nut Company's Ernest Van Tassel planted his first commercial trees in 1921. He ran into some trouble in the beginning, but had it sorted out by 1934 when he started processing nuts.
0: And yeah, these early plantings resulted in cultivars that were developed for commercial plantation growth, again propagated by grafting.
1: The reporting on successful grafting in a 1937 edition of Science helped facilitate mass production. In the following years, the HAES tested a bunch of different macadamia nut clones in different locations throughout Hawaii. A decade after that report, the HAES announced the development of a tree that produced higher-quality nuts in larger quantities. It took about another decade before the big-hitter industries on the Hawaiian Islands, the so-called Big Five Companies— It took them a bit to notice the macadamia nut. The owners of Dole Pineapple Company planted an orchard in 1946, going on to supply the product for the Mauna Loa Macadamia Nut Corporation. This company's first commercial crop was processed in 1956. Eventually, C. Brewer Co. LTD bought out the owners of Dole's Orchard in 1976. Castle & Cook debuted a new brand, Royal Hawaiian in 1953, and this brand gets a lot of the credit when it comes to bringing the macadamia nut into the mainstream on the mainland U.S.
0: Later, Hershey would buy Mount Loa in 2004, and then another brand called Hawaiian Host bought them in 2015. <laughs> um, Hawaiian Host is a confectionery that's been operating as such since 1927 and is apparently the world leader in chocolate-covered macadamia nuts, according to them. So, yeah. sure. Um, uh, they are located in Honolulu, which is cool. Yeah.
1: For a while, the macadamia nut was known as the Hawaiian nut in the US, anyway. That's how much we associated it with Hawaii. Mm-hmm. The first purpose built processing center opened near Brisbane in 1964.
0: And uh, skipping ahead to today, geneticists are looking into um, the much more diverse populations of macadamia trees that grow natively in Australia, um, hoping to find properties in them that can help the cultivated varietals be more efficient and disease-resistant. It's a little rough going because 90% of the wild populations are currently growing on private properties Um, So, what with climate change and cultural change, um, these researchers are hoping to reach out to those landowners and talk conservation. Yeah. Um, And macadamias are being investigated for another reason, those super strong shells for biomimetics. What? (laughs) (laughs) So, biomimetics. Um, If you haven't heard of this concept, um, okay, uh, a generally followed law of nature um, is that living beings— get the business of living done as cheaply as possible in terms of energy needed to do a thing, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Um, You know, like that thing might be something like protecting itself with a hard shell. And often the ways that humans have developed to, to do similar things is really energetically expensive, like read wasteful by comparison to these things in nature. So in fields of biomimetics, researchers look to systems in nature for inspiration for better engineering and like technological techniques. And so this one team out of MIT and a few institutes in Germany used a bunch of really cool imaging technology, including scanning electron micrographs to study macadamia shells. They found six distinct layers surrounding the seed, each made up of these bundles of fibers that react just a little differently under stress which is what makes cracking the shells so difficult. That's so cool. Yeah, coming to materials near you. Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Hopefully. I haven't followed up with them to see what they're doing with it. (laughs) Maybe we should. Yeah. Maybe we will. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Why not?
1: (laughs) Why not indeed? We need to be a force to be reckoned with in this (laughs) industry.
0: In this macadamia biomimetics industry specifically. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. I agree completely.
1: I'm very clumsy. I could benefit from this. <laughs> you so, oh, it was Ramsey. A coworker of ours the other day, I said I had fallen and done something. Oh, yeah, I fell and I broke all this beer. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, well, this was a year ago. I'm over it. But uh, <laughs> he, he, sa- he paused and he said, you know, I was going to hold back, but you're just clumsy. You're oh, just clumsy. And I was like, uh, I
2: know it. I know it. Well. Wow.
1: <laughs> it's true. You don't have to sugarcoat it for me. <laughs> just sugarcoat the shell of the truth. The sho- <laughs> <laughs> it's all good.
0: It is. It is. Uh, speaking of coworkers, I, I just remembered that one of the gifts that I, in fact, brought back from Oahu was a jar of macadamia nuts because they have them in all of these goofy flavors. Mm-hmm. And there was one that was spam flavored.
1: Oh, And I was
0: like, our coworker Ben Bolin, needs, needs it. to have this because it's just terrible enough that I think he'll consume it.
1: <laughs> I believe you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. And also, I love that that exists. Yeah. <laughs> That's about what we have to say about macadamia nuts.
0: It is. Um, we do have a little bit more for you, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. And with new Pronamel Repair Mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel
1: is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com.
2: Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.
4: Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time, time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details.
2: just
4: being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters, May 17th.
1: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor.
0: Yes, thank you.
1: And we're back with <sighs> listener. <sighs> <clears throat> <clears throat> hard shell to crack. Hard shell to crack.
0: Shaking my head at you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know why.
0: (laughs) The record state.
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, All right. Cecilia wrote, I lived in France for the academic year 1965 to 66 when my father was there on sabbatical. I was 14 to 15. I went to a French lycée, which was really hard. It was entirely in French except for my English class, which was not immersion English, but just regular learn English from a teacher who spoke mostly French. Hmm. I don't think she liked me, and I did not get all top marks in the class, but it was my best class. I have a story about that, but it's totally not (laughs) food-related. We all ate lunch at school in what they call the canteen. We filed in by groups at a set time. I ate with seven other kids in my class, one of whom knew some English and was willing to translate for me. We ate, sat at our assigned table, and the room had six to eight tables, so held 48 to 64 students. On Mondays, we were given eight clean cotton napkins. We each had a plastic envelope with a letter on it. I think mine was J. After we ate, we put the napkin in the envelope and stacked them at the end of the table where we would find them the next day and the rest of the week. Of course. Hmm. We had a three course meal every day. Oh my gosh. A starter or entree, which was very simple. One of the few I remember was sardines. Another was radishes. There was always bread but no butter unless we had sardines or radishes. That's probably why you remember them. <laughs> <laughs> The main course was a meat and veg course, then dessert, which was again simple, it might be a fruit, a sweet mousse or pudding, or a petite suisse. That was my favorite. There were no choices. Huh. You ate it or you did it. I don't remember many kids not eating their meals. Um, our school meals didn't include salad. In those days, the French only ate salad after the main course, and the salad never contained any chunks, just lettuce. The word salad in French can be translated either to lettuce or salad. And you toss it just before serving, as your listener, previous listener who wrote in about this said. One day, my parents invited the family of one of the girls in my grade to dinner. This family lived just down the road from us. I think it was the parents and one or two of the kids. They had a large family. They weren't wealthy and probably didn't get invited out to eat much, especially not to the home of an American scientist. When it came to the salad course, my mother handed the freshly tossed salad to the mother, as is custom to start the serving with a female guest. The lady started to serve herself, but her daughter elbowed her and said under her breath, Non, c'est pour fatiguer. So her mother, very embarrassed, stopped serving herself and instead tossed the salad again, then handed it back to my mother. This completely confused my mother, <laughs> and this is the only part of that meal that I remember. I gathered from this that it was customary to let the guest of honor toss the salad. That way everyone knows it was freshly tossed. Oh. Mm. And why the word tire or fatigue would be used for that I don't know. <laughs> Maybe once the salad is tossed, it is tired. <laughs> my husband my husband and I have a small house in Normandy, France, so we now spend 8 to 10 weeks a year in France. We actually don't eat out much, but when we do, I notice that the French don't normally eat salads after the meal like they used to, or at least not in restaurants. And they now have what they called salade composé, which means a salad with other things in it. Of course... There are salad niçoise, our Caesar, but also many others. They are served as a lunch meal normally, but are listed above the main course, so maybe some people eat salads as an entree like we do. The ones I've ordered are too big (laughs) to be an entree. I had one recently called Salade Normande, which included three or four cheeses, turkey strips, boiled eggs, pecans, and mayo. And that brings me to mayo. I like mayonnaise, (laughs) but my husband doesn't, so my kids didn't grow up with it. My son hates it. I mean, he thinks it is actually evil. In 1988, we were going to spend a sabbatical in the Netherlands, and we bought a VW Jetta, which we parked up in Luxembourg. We drove to Belgium for our first night. We didn't know that it was the night of a 24-hour road race in that area. (laughs) It took a while to find a hotel that had a room available. That night, the street below our hotel room was noisy. We were tired enough that we slept anyway. In the morning, we packed up and went down to our brand-new dark blue car. Sitting on the top of the car was a huge load of frit with mayo. Yuck. We did the best we could to get the mayo off the top of the car, but it left a stain that remained on the car for years. My son was very upset. He was eight. Oh, formative mayo memories. True. That huh. would be very upsetting. Yeah. Also a waste of
0: frites. <laughs> right? <laughs> you look so hurt, <laughs> and he looks very like personally upset right now. I am. Oh
1: Oof.
0: gosh. Um. Oh, that that clears it up so much. I I couldn't quite figure out why uh uh like composed salads were such a big differentiated category from salads. Yeah. In French and so oh thank you yes thank you so much gosh um, Taylor wrote I was listening to the show on COD and was waiting for you to mention this fact because it seems right up your alley to my shock there was no mention of the war between Iceland and the UK over COD a war about COD (laughs) okay okay not really a war but there were some militarized disputes and one person died it was an accident over the fishing rights in the waters
1: around Iceland oh my goodness
0: Because of the rise in popularity over fish and chips, the waters around the U.K. had been overfished of cod, forcing the fishermen to venture further and further towards Iceland. This caused Icelandic fishermen to become more and more upset and therefore war. The even more impressive thing is that there was more than one cod war. The first took place in 1958, the second in 1972, and the third in 1975. My goodness. They ended with fishing treaties where the UK was allowed to catch 150,000 tons of fish and Iceland increased its territorial waters to 50 miles around the island. There is a Stuff You Missed in History class show on the cod wars as well.
1: The cod wars?
0: Oh gosh, that's great. Yeah, definitely definitely go search Stuff You Missed in History cod wars. <laughs> I'm sure I I want to know more about that now.
1: I do too. I do too. Fish and chips, man. Yeah,
0: also cod. Gosh, that was a fun
1: episode. That was a fun one. (laughs) Uh, Thanks to both of them for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com.
0: We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. We do hope to hear from you. Savor is a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This
1: episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth.
2: Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Zumo Play.